right, everybody, welcome to New Life Church. How many guys are excited to be at New Life today? Come on, let me hear you. At all of our campuses, yeah. Man, I'll tell you what, guys, I'm excited to be here. This is a great day. I mean, it's just a blast. Today is one radical day at New Life. We are church-wide, we are celebrating the fact that we're grand, we've got the grand opening happening out in North Platte. And uh, God has just blessed us with an incredible building out there. We've been, we've had those doors open since like December of 2020. We were building it through COVID. It took a lot of manpower to even get the doors open. And once we got the doors open, there's still like a lot of little things that have to get done. And I just want to say thank you so much. We're excited for you, North Platte. We're excited for what God's doing out there. We're excited that the, the place is packed full right now and that, man, you've got this incredible celebration that's going on. We celebrate with you out in North Platte. Come on, are we excited for what God's doing in North Platte? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, lot of manpower, a lot of manpower. But what that's resulted into is this. Man, we've got record attendance in North Platte right now. I mean, we've got more people walking through the doors in North Platte now than we had pre-COVID walking through the doors. Come on, somebody. Just say what you're thinking right now, right? Yeah, go ahead. Just say it. Wow. I know that's what you were thinking. I know some of you were like, I'm not saying it. I'm just going to clap, man. That's what I'm going to do. But no, like really, on three, let's say wow. Ready? One, two, three. Wow. Yeah. And that's a wow, like, wow, God, you're amazing, right? So that's pretty, that's pretty fun. Uh, we've got more people that have given their life to Jesus, check this out, in the first quarter of 2021 than all of 2020 at our North Platte campus. That's exciting. Uh, our church is growing so much in North Platte that we just added two more staff members. Okay, you just saw Kara on the Kingdom Builder video, and then Trevor is going to be coming on our team at the end of the month to help us conquer some youth ministry out there. So we've been adding people. We had another church, First Assembly, with Pastor Gary and Tammy. They, they joined with us, and I want to say thank you so much to everybody that's um, a, part of, a part of that um, First Assembly church that's now a, a new lifer. We're excited for what God's doing in your life, in your plat. Um, and then last but not least, I have to stop and just say, that Dave and Tiffany Cumming, campus pastors in North Platte, they are rock star leaders doing an incredible job of leading that campus and leading people to Jesus. Come on, let's thank, let's thank God for them. We love you, man. We're, we're excited about it. And some people go like, well, why did you do that? You already had a building, you know? Um, well, the building was too small. That's, that's the bottom line. Uh, we started downtown North Platte, and we were given this building, and we maximized it. And we, we just maxed it out. Like, there was no parking anymore. We were running multiple services. You can't fit anybody else in. The lobby didn't work. The lobby was like a glorified hallway, right? So we didn't really even have a lobby. But by the mercy and the grace of God, people kept finding Jesus, and lives kept being changed. Like, what's happening in Ogallala, and like, what's happening in Kearney. And so we needed to have another building. And some would go like, well, man, you know, you went into like, you know, a few million dollars worth of debt to do this. And I would say every dollar is worth it because every dollar is going to help us reach a soul. Every one of them. And I pray that those millions of dollars we spent there turn into a millions of souls. Obviously not in North Platte, but around the world. Around the world. You got it? You got it? There's not like some like boom that's happening anywhere, all right? 
All right, but yeah, that's the heart. That's the heart behind it. We wanted to do that. We also, we also realized that, look, man, we're going to have to build a bigger footprint if we want to be a church that has a bigger influence in the community. And that's what New Life is. We want New Life to have a bigger influence in Kearney, North Platte, and in Ogallala. And last but not least, man, I wanted to personally see North Platte grow to its maximum capacity so that we could link arms together and do some things together that we could never do alone, you know? So the whole focus of New Life Church and why do we expand and why do we take giant leaps of faith like we did in North Platte is because we believe that people matter to God. And we have a core value of mission, a cause here that is this. We want to see people find Jesus and we want to see their lives changed. And we're just, we're just crazy enough to believe that maybe, maybe we should take audacious steps like we've done in North Platte, like we're doing in Ogallala. And we're not done. We're not done taking audacious steps of faith. We're not done dreaming big dreams. We're not stopping here. This is just the beginning. This is like everything that you've seen so far as a part of New Life Church, I believe is like a priming of the pump of what God's getting ready to do with our church. Because I'm full, I'm all in. I, I pushed all my chips in. I pushed all of my leadership years in. And I'm, I'm pushing everything in. And I'm just going, look, we're going to plant more churches uh, by the grace of God. Because we know that new church plants reach more people for Jesus. We're going to plant more New Life campuses in other communities. We're going to plant more churches around the United States. Working through friends and partners. Churches that we won't pastor, but they will. And we're going to be a part of that. We're going to participate in international church plants around the world, especially in some of the most critical, unreached people groups in the world. New Life Church, from the center of Nebraska, you're already involved with that, and we're pushing our chips in, and we're going to do it even more. So I'm just asking you, I, I, we're going to need your help to pull this off. Right? We need more prayer. We're going to need, we're going to need more generosity. Right? We're going to need more sacrifice. We're going to need more people who are sensing the call to vocational ministry and are willing to be equipped and then sent out to either be pastors, campus pastors, youth pastors, or missionaries around the world. And we want to be that kind of a church. We want to be a church that keeps seeing people find Jesus and their lives changed. So guys, to be that church, the church that reaches out farther than we're reaching right now, means that we've got to get stronger where we are. And that means that, look, at all of our campuses, basically, here's what needs to happen. we got to double, we have to double our size. We, it means that we've got to be more intentional about the invite, inviting people. Hey, come, come check it out. Come hear about what God's doing in people's lives. we got to be more intentional about throwing the net of salvation at every service. We throw the net and we give people an opportunity to surrender, surrender their life to Jesus. We're going to do that today as well. You're going to be given that opportunity. we got to get better at that. Right? So, look, let's all work together. Let's all work together because the stronger that we are here, the stronger we can be there. That's just the way it works. Some churches think, like, look, we don't, we don't have to really evangelize here. We don't have to, like, change the world here. We'll change the world there. And I'm telling you right now, that's a fallacy. It's a fallacy to think that you can go change the world in some other country when you're not willing to change the world right where you live. And so, guys, we got to let the gospel of Jesus Christ be contagious and effective. And, you know, it has to be loving people into the kingdom of God here so that we can reach more people there. And through that process, we'll be more generous with kingdom builders. We'll have more people to equip and train and to send out. That's the kind of church that we are. So we've thought about it. And we've already decided we know what a soul is worth in Kearney. We know what a soul is worth in Ogallala. We definitely know what a soul is worth in North Platte. But the question that we've got to keep asking ourselves is this. What's a soul worth, let's say, in Grand Island? 
is it worth is it worth us raising up more leaders and sending them there to plant more healthy churches so that more people can be reached for the cause of Jesus? Is it worth being more generous in kingdom builders so that we've got the funds to launch a brand new church? What's a soul worth there? What's a soul worth in St. Louis, Missouri, where maybe there'll never be a new life church that we plant, but we've got partners that are there, people and friends that were there. Like, I was just there a couple of weeks ago doing pastor training, right? Like, what would it look like if we were partnering with some people that were planting churches or revitalizing churches in the inner city of St. Louis? How exciting would that be? What's a soul worth? What's a soul worth in the country of India? It's all the way on the other side of the planet, right? And some people would say, like, we have no right to hop on a plane and fly over there and try to evangelize there. I would say to you, we have every right. In fact, it's not a right, it's a command by Christ to go to the ends of the earth, to go to the ends of the earth and tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ and make disciples. What's a soul worth? I'll tell you what Jesus would say. Jesus would say this, it's, a soul's priceless. That's what he would say. A soul is priceless. And you know what he would turn around and encourage you and me to do? He would say this, sacrifice everything to reach one more. That's what he would do. And I'm watching heads nod like, yeah, that's right, man. And I'm watching some people like, you, you make the charge, make the call, pastor. We're going to stand up and we're going to charge out these doors and take over the world. That's what I love about this church. That's what I love about you, right? But the weight, like we got a big vision and the weight of it is weighty. Like for me, as your leader, it, it's weighty. It, it weighs on me. And there's moments when I close my eyes and I see where we are and where we need to go. And I'm just going to tell you, can I be transparent uh, for a little bit? Like, like I normally am. If, the, if you're not like here at this church on a regular basis, this, this pastor tries to be as transparent as possible. There's moments when the weight of the vision is a, is a little, it feels like oppressive or I get a little depressed. Thinking about it, like, am I the one that's called to do this? Like, do I have it? Do I have the ability to be the leader of this whole thing? Right? It's, it's weighty. And you think about it and you're like, man, God, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do that. Like, it's, it's so far out there. It's like a vision that is far beyond what I can handle. Right? And then there are moments when I just want to run fast, man. Like, let's just go do it. Let's just do it. Let's get in action. There's nothing going on. Let's do it. And God goes, whoa, boy. Whoa, grabs the reins, pulls it back. Whoa. There are other moments when, man, we have just knocked the ball out of the park. And can I, look, I'm just going to be open and transparent with you. There's moments when we've knocked the ball out of the park and I want to go stand up on top of the mountain and go, I did it. Which is not the right response. <laughs> and God goes, uh, come back down from your little mountain, Right? Because my peak is over here, and it's a lot higher, and you're celebrating your little victories when I want you to celebrate my victories. Guys, we have a vision that's bigger. It's bigger than what we can handle right now. It's bigger than what I can handle, and I need you. I need your help. And some of you are thinking right now, you're like, wow, Pastor, that's exciting, man. And I just want to encourage you. And you're going to whip out your phone and you're going to send me a Bible verse out of Damascus, like 314, and you're going to say, God will not give you more than you can handle, Pastor. And if you haven't caught on, Damas the book of Damascus is not in the Bible. <laughs> and in this series, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible does not say God will not give you more than you can handle. It's not in there. 
You're not going to find it. We say it to one another because it sounds good, because we feel like it's encouraging, and some of you are ready to text that to me. Don't worry, Pastor. God won't give you more than you can handle. And I'm going to tell you right now, God will give you more than you can handle. Where we got this concept was out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. Would you read those, that shortest sentence right there? And God is faithful. If you don't get that part, this whole verse falls apart, okay? And God is faithful. He, well, listen to this, he will not allow the, what word? Temptations to be more than you can stand. Temptations. See, man has taken this verse, twisted it, morphed it, misinterpreted it, and said, oh, well, then if it's God won't give you more temptation you can handle, then it must be that God won't give you anything in this life more than you can handle. And I would just tell you right now, this verse is specifically talking about the temptation of sin and that God is not going to set you up to be a sinner. He's not going to put you in a place that is greater than what you can handle when it comes to the temptation of sin and sin alone. Why? Because God's not evil. God loves you. He wants you to succeed. He doesn't want you to fail. It's from the mercy and the grace of God that he doesn't put you in a place that you fall flat on your face. I mean, listen to the rest of this verse. The rest of the verse says this. When you are tempted, watch God, he he will show you a way out so that you can endure. That's the heart of God when it comes to temptation, right? So God isn't going to lead you into temptation that you can't handle, but God is going to put you in places that will force you to increase your faith and your dependency upon him. He will do that because that's the agenda of God. God wants your faith in him to increase more, not your faith in yourself, and he wants your dependency in him not you, to increase more. That's what he's looking for in all of our lives. So here's the truth. We're going to debunk the lie that God won't give you more than you can handle. The truth is this. God will give you more than you can handle, but not more than he can handle. Now, look, I, I get it. We are, uh, we are not as a diverse church ethnically as uh, what I prefer. But I don't live in an overly diverse part of the world. But I'm just going to tell you right now, if I would have preached that in St. Louis, they would have been shouting me down right now. If I would have said that in St. Louis, I still wouldn't be able to preach yet. Because people would have been so excited to hear the fact that God won't give you more than you can handle. He won't do that to you. And he's definitely not going to give you more than he can handle. Our God does not set you and me up for failure. He doesn't do it. He's there all the time. You might be in a situation that feels like, man, this is like crushing down on me. This is coming down hard on me right now. But I want you to know God is still in control. God knows this about you and me. We grow our best, right, under adversity and pressure. I don't like that. I want it completely different. I bet all of you are with me as well. But I'm just going to say this. like We grow the best when the heat gets turned up on us. I mean, look at the church in Iran. The Christian church in Iran right now is taking off by leaps and bounds. 
There was a recent study done by a secular organization out of the Netherlands that discovered that one and a half percent of the country of Iran is now professed followers of Jesus Christ, and it's rapidly increasing. That converts to somewhere around 750,000 people, and many believe it's north of a million because the underground church is so oppressed and so persecuted that many believers aren't, aren't willing to come out and say, I believe in Jesus Christ. In fact, there is such a problem right now in, um, in Iran that many missions organizations are concerned that the amount of people that are coming to faith in Jesus Christ have no place to get themselves into a home church because the home church model isn't growing fast enough because the persecution on the home church is so intense. The government's raiding home churches on a weekly basis. They're rounding up spiritual leaders that have a voice of influence, and they're throwing them in jail. They're arresting them. They're holding them for no good reason. Right? And then those leaders, many of them are having to flee for their life because death threats are coming against them. It doesn't matter what the government's doing. It doesn't matter what the government is saying. It doesn't matter what government is ruling on this earth. I'm just going to tell you right now, the government of Iran can't hold back the gospel message of Jesus from exploding. The, the, the government of China, no matter what they do, they can't hold back the, the, the message of Jesus Christ from exploding. And no matter what government comes in control in America, they can't stop the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not possible. Adversity. They're facing adversity. They're facing situations that feel like they can't handle it. It's beyond them. The government's crushing down the church. But what's happening? When we're in moments that we can't handle, that adversity causes us to grow. Because it drives us to our knees in prayer. It teaches us that, you know, it teaches us what really what real surrender is. Right? It increases our dependency upon God when we're in moments like this. It makes our faith stronger and it definitely makes our faith bolder. That's what you're seeing happen in Iran. And when we, when we walk through moments that are more than we can handle, whether that's in your marriage, in your finances, with other relationships, at your work, in your business, you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to carry all the weight, right? Or it's going through COVID or it's losing, you know, uh, someone, you know, uh, you know that this is, it, they die and they're close to you or whatever, losing a loved one. It doesn't matter what you go through that feels like you can't handle it. God is always using that moment to develop the very best in you. He's using that moment to get your heart to align with his heart. That's what's happening in Iran with the weight they're carrying. That's what's happening in America. When people go through difficult times, it aligns our heart with God's heart so we can start seeing the miraculous happen. But church, in America, we're trying to get this perfect life, this stress-free life, this worry-free trouble-free life, like as if we're trying to bring heaven to earth. I'm just going to let you know that isn't, that isn't the life that God promised for us on this earth. If you're living the life that's stress-free, trouble-free, you're, you're living the life that feels like utopia here on this earth, here's what I suggest you do today. Thank God for every single thing you can consider in your life. Thank God for the breath you're breathing right now. Thank God for the car when it starts, when you pull out of the parking lot. Thank God for the garage door that opens. Thank God for the meal that you're getting ready to eat. Thank God for the, the shoes that you're wearing. Thank God for the pants that you have on, because I'm thankful for the pants you've got on. <laughs> but seriously, thank God. Thank God for all those things, every single one of them. Everything you can think of, just start going on a rampage of thankfulness before God, because that life is not what we've been promised on this earth. 
Jesus told us this in John 16, 33. Hey guys, here on this earth, you will have what? Trials and sorrows. But take heart because I've overcome the world. Trials and sorrows. Other versions of the Bible might use the word tribulations. Those things really, what do they mean? They mean moments beyond what you can handle, but not greater than what God can handle. That's what those moments mean. God's got this. He's got your back. Just like he, just like he has the back of our missionaries that are in India. I was just texting conversationally with them uh, yesterday morning, and it just reminded me, and I was like, man, I got I to share this with the church today, right? Because they know what it's like to go through trials, tribulations, and sorrows. They faced many, many of them. And I'm not going to mention their names just for their own safety, because there's a lot of persecution happening against the Christian church in India right now. But man, they, he's faced personal death threats, and they, as a family, uh, his wife and his kids have faced death threats. That's one thing to threaten me, right? It's another thing to threaten my wife. Like, you don't want, you don't want to do that if, I'm, if I know about it, right? Like, it's one thing to threaten me. It's another thing to threaten my grandchildren. Like, watch out, right? Because that, that Liam Neeson movie, whatever he says on the phone, which I don't even remember what he says. I just know what I'll say on the phone. I know who you are. I know how to find you. I will kill you. And then I'll pray for you. But... Maybe I'll pray for you, then kill you. I don't know. I, I'll figure it out when I get there, right? I'll figure it out when I'm standing there. But, I mean, that's what they're going through. That's what he's been facing. He's been thrown in jail and held, like, without due process for an undetermined period of time and then is randomly released. The government continues to oppress their ministry and persecute his church and his ministry, but they can't stop the ministry from being impactful to the people, and they can't stop the ministry from growing. It continues to grow. And right now, you've heard about COVID and what it's doing in India, and it's ravaging their church, and it's, in, it's attacking their staff and people that are a part of their ministry. And he told me yesterday morning, Pastor, look, we just had three people die just last week. That's just last week in our church. And there's probably, there was more before that, and there's probably going to be more to come. And they're facing these things. He's facing trials and sorrows on a regular occurrence, but every trial has made his resolve for the mission of Jesus Christ stronger. That's what I love about it. When we go through things that feel like it's beyond what I can handle, we come out on the other side when we've been faithful, and our faith gets stronger. Our resolve for Jesus Christ gets stronger. Right? Every time he walks through another trial that feels bigger than what he can handle, here's what God does for, him, for our missionaries in India. God grows their ministry capacity. He grows their ministry capacity to lead, to have a vision bigger than what he has, to have faith bigger than what he has, influence bigger than what he has. God has a very good reason for growing our missionaries' influence and ministry capacity in India has a very good reason for it. Recently, there was a study that was done about the, the, the world's most unreached people groups. Here's what they discovered. I want you to see this slide. This slide is a very unique picture of planet Earth. It, it's disproportional because they have made it centered around what, and what country and where on the planet Earth are the most unreached people currently right now on planet earth in 2020 and they discovered that the greatest unreached people group on the entire planet happens to be in where india 
Thank you. Appreciate that. I feel, I feel like I'm in, a, in the Grand Canyon. <laughs> India! 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, so look at this. Just follow me. Follow this logic for a moment. If the most unreached people groups are in India, and our missionary is in India, and they're going through some of their greatest struggles, trials, and sorrows, and that struggle, trial, sorrow, that weight that feels greater than what they can contain is causing their leadership capacity to grow, their ministry influence to grow. Could it be that God's allowing the church in India, not just our missionaries, but local believers like you, to go through pain so that their capacity, their dependency, their faith on him increases so that they can be more effective missionaries where they live to reach the most unreached people that live on planet earth right now? And I would answer that question with absolutely. Now, it's not the way that you would do it. You would have a whole different idea that would fail. God's idea is going to win in the end. God has been growing his church everywhere there's been opposition. It's been growing leaps and bounds. So what does this mean for you? Well, here's what it means for you, that God's going to lead you personally through trials and sorrows at times that are going to seem like they're more than you can currently handle because God's trying to increase your ministry capacity to carry more weight of influence for his kingdom. So here's your opportunity. You can opt out. You can opt out by going, God, I don't believe in you. I'm going to go do my own thing. But if you're opting in and you're saying, God, I'm going to follow you. I've been following you. I'm going to continue to follow you. Then you just need to know that there's going to be, if you're not in them now, there will be moments that are going to come that are going to be weighty. They're going to feel like you can't handle them. But God's doing something in you to prepare you for something you don't know what he's preparing you for. I used to like to lift weights. I still do, I just don't. <laughs> I think you understand. So I buy stretchy jeans and I leave my shirt untucked because I'm still trying to get that youthful look. Um, it only lasts for so long. Now I'm going to have to start lifting weights again. But I love the burn. Like I love, I love when your muscles get to this moment of fatigue. And when I was lifting a lot, which I know you can't tell that from my physique right now, but when I used to lift a lot, I loved that, right? I loved the burn. I loved the moment when you just can't get up another one, when you just can't pull up another one. I loved that. There was something about it. It's addictive. But what I learned is that, look, when you're lifting weights like that to that kind of exhaustion state, your muscles are getting these micro tears in them. And those micro tears are getting repaired, you know, over the next few days. And that's why you're drinking the protein right after you, right after you work out and so on and so forth. And so you're feeding your body right because those micro tears are, they're causing the muscle to increase and they're causing the strength of the muscle to increase. And the more that you go to that moment of pain, the more that you actually gain. The more that you can lift, the stronger you are. And this is exactly what God's doing in you and in me spiritually. So when God leads you through moments that feel bigger than what you can actually handle, I want you to lean in to these moments with me. All right? Lean into them by, by doing maybe these few things. Start practicing this like prayer of a, of a desperate prayer of surrender. A desperate prayer of surrender when you're walking through something that you can't handle sounds a lot like what, it, like what the title is. It's that kind of prayer where you might not get many words out, but tears are flowing. Bring them to the Lord. 
that those are tears of pain, tears of frustration. Bring your feelings and your emotions to God. Tell him how you're feeling. Tell him what's going on inside of you. Tell him about your frustration. Bring it to him. Cast it on him. He cares for you. I know this to be true because this is the way I try to live my life. And here's what I've discovered. When I come to God with that prayer of a desperate surrender, that the load gets lighter when I admit to God that it's more than I can handle. The more you try to keep carrying it, the more you try to fight through it, the more you try to prove to everyone around you, including God, I'm tough enough, I've got this, the heavier the weight gets. But the more you come to God and you're like, God, this is beyond me. Like the vision of this church, it's beyond me. i got to bring it to God. You know, God, it's yours. It's your timing. I think I've got an idea of the timing, but if, if, I, if I hang on to that timing alone, then I could run right into a dead end, right off the cliff, and be totally depressed. So you got the timing. you got the vision. It's bigger than me. So all I can say is this. Here I am. Use me when and how you want to. And that's how you have to come to the Lord as well. But also, when you go through seasons that a weight feels like it's so heavy you can't carry it, it's when you need to lean into what God has given you, which is the local church. Meet together weekly with believers. Don't, don't back away from it. Move into it. Lean into it. Change your work schedule. Change something. Do whatever you got to do so that you can lean in and be with other believers. Thirdly, I would suggest this. Surround yourself with friends who trust in God's faithfulness. Many of you, you're here, or you're at North Platte, or you're in Ogallala, and you're there in the auditorium, but you don't really have any friends. You don't have, any, you don't have very many Christ-centered friends. So, therefore, when the trials and the sorrows do come, your safety net is just going to, it's going to fail. It's like you're walking on thin ice, waiting for something to happen, and when you fall, there's not going to be anybody there to pick you up. Ecclesiastes talks about that. I mean, it's horrible for a person to fall and not have anybody there to pick them up. Right, but, it's, but what comfort it brings that when you fall and there's another one to lift you up. Yeah, you're going to need those kind of people and you're going to get them by serving on a ministry team or by uh, being a part of a life group. But lastly, one of, the things that, one of the things that's helped me when I'm facing something that seems like a weight that's greater than what I can carry, connect with someone who carries more spiritual weight. Who's somebody that carries more spiritual weight? Take them out for coffee. Ask them questions. How do you carry all that weight? How do you do what you do? You're amazing. And they're going to, you know, humbly go, no, 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 no. Let me tell you, let me tell you how, how I got to where I'm at. And normally, it's going to be a trail of tears. And then you're going to go, wow, I'm right in the middle of it. Normally, it's going to be that. If it's not, you got the wrong person. Go find another one. Go find another one. Right? But when you're hanging around and you're rubbing shoulders with people that carry more spiritual weight than you do, I guarantee you're going to walk away from that conversation and you're going to say to yourself, okay, I got this. We can do this. Right? You're going to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you one more time. So, guys, when you feel like you're facing something that's more than you can handle. And if that's you today, you feel like you're facing something that's more than you can handle, I just want you to know by God's grace and God's mercy, you can carry more weight than you think you can. He will see you through this. 
He's the one walking with you. He didn't send you out into the desert by yourself. He didn't send you out to this you know, difficult season or moment by yourself. He's right there with you. And by God's grace, you can handle more than you think. And by God's grace, nothing you face is greater than what God can help you with. And church, just remember this. It's for God's glory. It's for his glory that your spiritual capacity is increasing when you walk through trials and sorrows. It's for God's glory that you're becoming more effective in the hand of the Holy Spirit to be guided and directed, to be used to build God's kingdom. God will never waste the pain of a sorrow or a trial. He's always preparing you for something that's greater. Like he's preparing our missionary in India for something greater. He's preparing you for something greater. So guys, look, I wish I could preach a message to you that was fluffy and it was easy and it was like, hey, look, follow Jesus and everything's going to be amazing. Your health is going to be incredible. Your wealth is going to be incredible. You're going to have your own private jet. That's just not the truth. In this world, Jesus said, you'll face troubles of many kinds. But take heart. He has overcome the world. Why don't you stand with me? Jesus, we just stop for a moment and we, we're excited about who you are and what you're doing. We're torn, though. We have to admit that as humans, we're torn. We really want all the blessing that you give. We want the comfort that you provide. Right? That's what we want. But Lord, ultimately, we want to be a part of building your kingdom. And that means we're going to have to be soldiers that are willing to walk through the difficult days. Knowing that you are there with us. We're going to have to embrace the pain. So that you can prepare us for what you got for us. Because you will lead us by your love, your grace, and your mercy. You will lead us into seasons and moments that are beyond what we can currently handle. But the beauty is that when we look back on those moments, one year, two years, five years later, we're like, wow, God, you saw something in us that we didn't see in ourselves. And right now, would you meet us here in Carney, North Platte, Ogallala, online, would you meet us right now? Would you whisper into our spirit those words of encouragement that only come from you? Those words of edification that only you can whisper? Would you remind us that we're stronger than we think? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can endure more than we think. Would you whisper into our ear and remind us <clears throat> that what we're going through now is preparing us for something greater then. Lord, we trust you. And we surrender our life to you. We surrender this service to you. We ask that you would move in a powerful way as we go into these baptisms. Move in a powerful way. As we celebrate life change, move in a powerful way and remind us if God can change their lives, he can change my life as well. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.